Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Garrett with the Get Some Podcast. My guest this week is uh, probably most known for being Damian Dante Wayans' uncle. Why the fuck would that be? Can we curse? Yeah. Why the fuck would that be my 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 tag? I don't know, I, I texted I got Damian and said I'd put it. Craig Wayans. I got Shantae Wayans. I got there's there's a lot of Wayans. I'm an uncle. Of there's a lot ten, of right? Yeah, but why would I be Damien? Because you and Damien did Little Man together, and you, know, you guys are great friends. Bring it see, all back. Go. All right. Now I see the association. I was yeah. just like, why would I be Bring it all Damien back. Dante's all, we need to do Little Man 2 and put you and D-Rock in it again. Whatever happened to the... So when we did Little Man... Are you, you did guys such still a great in, job in that, by the way. Thank you. I want to commend you. Because right, I didn't think you could act. And then I was like, oh, how did I get the part? Gary's good. <laughs> no, you get that part, but you got a part. Yeah. He was a cop. Are you guys still in touch with the little guy that actually played Little Man? Yeah, Lyndon. Every now and Lyndon, then, yeah. Yeah, Lyndon, me and Lyndon boys. Every now and then he hits me up. He's a grown man now. I know. Still the same height, but he's a grown man. He's Now he's uh, golfing. He hits the ball pretty hard for a little guy. How, how old is he? Because that was 14 years ago we shot that. All right, so Lyndon was probably, he's probably 26 now. Damn, now he's crazy. like, I think he's playing like Leprechaun. He went from like Little Man. Now he's playing like Lep in the Hood. So oh, really? you see a little guy stabbing people, that's him. That's what he grew into. Grew really? Into a, a murderer. He'd kill you from ankles down. But he's a sweet kid. Yeah. Still hits me up. How'd you guys find him for Little Man? I don't know. We, that's not a part you can just cast. No, we... <laughs> <laughs> you can't just have auditions for you the know, Little Man and Little Man. babies. Like, oh, yeah. this one's a little too, too light. Um, we just had like an open call for like little guys. And uh, there was one that was... He was casted, but he was too big. And every time Sean tried to pick him up, he couldn't because he was grown man density weight. So it was like a you, sack of potatoes. So Sean, you do, Sean was like, I need Lyndon. And so then we used Lyndon. Oh. You look you great. Do, you do too. No, but you guys you guys to look great. All you wins, because you have these weird diets. Yeah, but you're white. White people yeah, right. don't age well. And I'm going to attribute this to... Your wife, she yep. gave you some of our secrets. Said black juices yes, on your face. Yes, that juices. <laughs> you gotta eat. Yeah, man, gotta eat. You are what you eat. You know what I remember about Little Man? What? And you probably didn't know this, was I had a Holden deal, a TV Holden deal, the whole time we were shooting Little Man. And I was always, for some reason, Tracy Morgan's room was right above mine at that hotel we stayed at. The Sutton? At the Sutton? Like that? Yeah. yeah. And Tracy hey. was getting, you going to get everybody pregnant. What's up, Gary Owen? Yeah. <laughs> so he. Tracy was so crazy during that time. Oh, because he got that DUI in the middle of the shoot. He was taking his shirt off. In That's the club. his move, though. I was just like, every club we went to, I thought maybe the one club he was hot. No, no. When you guys didn't the, hang out with him like I did. When we got to the 15th club, yeah. and he still took his shirt off, I was like, this is his gimmick. Yeah. This well, he said that. I go, why do you always take your shirt off? He goes, that's my move. He goes, he movies come and go. With his little arms. Yeah. And he, he was, Yo. I'll, I'll get you pregnant. Yeah. Well, we had a lot of fun. He was, he was uh, crazy, but Morgan was a lot of fun uh, during that time. That was a fun shoot. That's when we used to go out. Like, now I do a movie. I don't really go out. Yeah, we was, we was getting it in and... In 24 Vancouver. Hours. You guys got in a lot. No, I got in a little. On your off days. On my off days, but I didn't have many off days because Keeney just made me come down and watch. I used to watch everything Lyndon did. And then when I oh, filmed, right. y'all went home. When we, oh, yeah. And then we all came back to LA and I yeah. had filmed a whole other movie. Like I wasn't in the movie y'all was in. Yeah. I was in the movie. But you was after. a producer, right? Yeah, I was a producer. Yeah, so you had to be there. Yeah. 
But I wasn't in the movie that y'all. Yeah. You don't have to be, but yeah, it's good to be. Yeah. Yeah. What I remember was I had a deal and then Tracy was like, I'm going to come on G and I'd like run stuff by him. They sent me these pages. Look at this. You think it's going to be a good show? And the whole time Tracy's just chilling. And then as soon as we wrap Little Man, he got 30 Rock. I was like, the whole time I'm pushing for this deal. And Tracy's like, I was like, what are you going to do when you're done? He goes, I'm just going to wait on phone call. Hopefully something comes along. I was like, my show didn't go anywhere. And Tracy took off. I was Tracy, like, yes. Tracy looks up. God loves Tracy. He looks like, up so much, so much. He's just crazy. That works for some people. Crazy works for crazy works for Tracy. Well, if he's the one, there's a few people in this business that you know they say, if like if you're on Barack, you're not going to act the same as you are around a drug dealer. No, not Tracy Morgan. He's like, he's like, hey Barack, I'm gonna get Michelle pregnant. <laughs> you lucky you met her first. <laughs> it's crazy man. He's the same part. But you talk about taking his shirt off. That was. And it's not like he's buff. He has the weirdest little body. <laughs> I'm just like, why would you take his arms and little pterodactyl arms? I'm like, he's crazy. Why, why show this, Tracy? He got a belly. I wish I had his confidence. I wish I had that much self-esteem. That would be, I, I pray for that too. Because yeah. I'm, I'm not conscious right now. Like, if I, if confident. If I took this off, I mean, I'm fit, but I'm not yeah. like, yo, I'm going to show it to you fit. I'm fit yeah. like, oh, let me get a towel, turn the lights. Yeah, no, off. you're no, you're uh hey Marlon's holding up well. You're that <laughs> <laughs> dad bod. Dude, you're doing good. <laughs> Talk about that. That you named your son after Sean, yeah. and Sean named his son after you. Yeah, Sean named his son Marlon, and I named my son Sean. And what's funny was I named my son Sean first. So I took a leap of faith. We had made this promise when we was kids, and then he went and had two girls. So he was rolling bad dice, and then okay. bam, that third one. Ah, Finally got the Marlin. So in. I got my Marlin. And he's nah. a handsome kid too. This actually, this shirt is Sean's daughter's. I, I bought his, they're this. lined. Yeah, his daughter uh, Layla has a line. Thirteen twelve bleach. Yeah, bleach. What's that? Thirteen twenty one. What's that mean? I don't even know who this kid is. Thirteen twenty one. I don't know. Maybe it almost. It looks like an, an alternative like universe, Sean, right? an alternative universe, like, like Bizarro, Marlon, and Sean. The, the hills have eyes. We're happy and we're seeking. <laughs> but I'm proud of her. So um, this is her, her line, and I, I bought it, and I bought the stuff, and I bought the whole line. And like six weeks later, I hit her up. I was like, hey, baby, um, you know I ordered some stuff? She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm in finals. I'll get it to you, uncle. I'm like, girl, you are you have a business. You better give me my damn stuff. I know where you live. So she's in Sorry. college and has a clothing line? Mm -hmm. She's in college, she has a clothing line, and she is in a band. Sean's daughter is amazing. You Wanses, you're just so lazy. Yeah, no, we are. <laughs> my, my my kids are lazy as well. The lazy. Your son, your son was hooping, I saw Sean on Instagram. Ballin. Yeah, but right now he's uh focused on keep getting his grades. He just entered college, which is a whole new zone. So I, we wanted him to really focus on these grades. So he's going to uh, probably start back basketball after the first semester. But he's going to hoop to in school? Me. Huh? He's going to hoop in, in college? We hope so. I mean, you know, if we get, get his get, get grades together, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has good grades now. But see, I went to college. And I, as a boy, I understand what it's like to go to college. What happens when you go to college, you lose your mind. I had a 1.6 GPA my first semester. It was so bad, Keenan said, I'm not paying for this bullshit. Mm -mm. You pay for your own college. After that, 
That shit got me right. I started getting those three fives. So I wanted my son to take his time and really do well the first semester so you understand what college is. So he'll probably start balling, maybe not this year, but next year. What what years were you at Howard? Damn, you want to make me think back to the 90s? Nigga, I ain't. Well, I was th- I'm curious because I was there. I was in D.C. I was in the Navy, and I used to hang out oh, at the I McDonald's. Was say, you was not like, a Howard. Because there was one white guy at Howard. You no, see the way I looked at you? No. I was like, yeah, dreads. Yo! There was one white dude, swear to God. So I was there in 1990, 90 to 92. So we were there at the same time. That's just crazy. Like, I, I was a year after. Like Is that I, what you met your I wife? got, no. I met her in L.A. They called you White Chocolate? I was always hanging out at the McDonald's. <laughs> right there. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, you never seen a I guy. I know that one right there. Yeah. I could eat six chicken McNuggets in three hours. I took my time. But you would never <laughs> Cause, shit. Because I was I'm always sitting there like this. More black girls walking in. And I had the money to order another batch. <laughs> it was, was nibbling them nuggets. <laughs> you was there creeping, really? Just All looking, the time. Looking for black chicks? <laughs> That's funny. Because I didn't see any growing up. So I got the DC. I was like, yeah. Yeah, McDonald's. That McDonald's was popping. Man. It, was, it was like a club. But there were so many like people in the entertainment business. So many at people Howard. Went, to that, went to that McDonald's. You know, it's just like 60 billion people served here. In one week, it'd be like 62 billion people served here, 64 billion people served here. It just kept going up because it was packed. Like, you, I couldn't even order food. It'd just be packed there. Oh, late at night on the weekends? Yeah, but McDonald's, I, it makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. Well, we're older now. That's yeah. what I say. You know, I had a pizza the other day, and I said, nigga, this is a young man's game. My stomach, it took me three days to shit. Yeah, but you, you're, yeah, but I you was don't... like, what is going on? I had to put my feet up. Like, <laughs> it was weird. But you eat so well when you get some bad food, your body isn't ready for it. I eat well, but I tried to eat bad. I had a little fight party or whatever, and it's just not a good look. What's on your rider at, uh, when you go to comedy clubs? Mm. Oh, and thanks for hit, hooking me up with Runa. 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 I'm sorry about that. The wrong way. Runa. That's my it. fault. Runa's that shit's my, good. Runa's the best. Nobody understands. Everybody wants to drink red wine. Do all those drinks that make you feel like you just drank crack. But Runa's just like nice and smooth and it hits you when you're on stage. And you're just you like, know how I got I'm, it. How? You was at the Cleveland Improv the week before me. Yeah. And I was like, what's this shit? And they was like, Marlon's got some weird shit. <laughs> like there was like some spicy pumpkin seeds and some yeah. other shit. I was like, what is all this shit? And I told him, I said, I always ask who was there the week before. And they said, well, Marlon was here. I said, whatever he left over, leave it. Because I know you guys, you guys are finding food that people don't know about before. I'm like, you knew gluten was bad like in 88, yeah. the weigh-ins. Yeah. And so I was like, well, leave some shit. So when they had to run, I go, what's this? And then I took it, I go, I, I hate sweet <laughs> drinks. So when it, it wasn't very sweet. I go, oh, it's pretty good. When did it hit you? I don't know. Was you in the middle of your act and all of a sudden you was like. No. <laughs> and just. No, no, I'm, I'm naturally. Uh, when I'm on stage, I'm, I'm just so funny. I'm always like that. It's like, <laughs> like when you're the, when you're the best. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. I, I completely understand what you're saying. As soon as you walk up, you're in the zone. You know what's funny? Like I, I, I try to calm myself down. I don't. I don't even get hyped no more. I used to hype myself up, be in the back, and I always always overshoot the mark. And now I'm better when I just like. Oh, oh when well, you're going on stage, oh, I gotta go. Yeah, it's it's better for me to be calm and then work my way up. That's I, natural I like to though. Talk it. No, but I didn't before when I first started. I had to hype myself up and then I would overshoot the mark. But now I'm I'm like I'd rather just go on calm and talk my way through it, and it, it's a lot more fun. 
But it's, it, I think that's that's natural when you first start out because you're just like your nerves and everything. Because I look at some of my early specials, and I'm you would think I'm on cocaine. Like I'm talking so damn fast. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I was following a long line of white comics. Okay. <laughs> Plus, you was doing a lot of black shows, so you didn't know how long your time was. So yeah. you had to, ooh, get out of here, white boy. Oh, yeah. Hey, how y'all doing? You came up with that, with that energy. Dude. I remember first time I did the comedy store. It was like they gave me like ten minutes. God, it was, you know, I've never been on stage in L.A. really at the comedy store. I kept looking for that bow in the back of the comedy store. Like, where the fuck is that bow going to light? Because I'm done. I shot it. I shot my load in six minutes. That last four, I was like, where's the light? Where's the light? <laughs> Which one are you doing, Fat Tuesday? Yeah. Man. yeah. Early. Yeah. Where, do we, where do we meet? I think, I, it was, uh, I was. Uh, it was probably in a comedy club. I think that's because I, before I started doing comedy, I would go watch comedy. Mm -hmm. So I, I think... I met you in a comedy club, probably at the comedy store. I think you was going up, but you were funny by then. You was you was in pocket. Yeah, like you hit you hit a you hit pocket early. Yeah, probably. Well, yeah. I, I think it was more like I was a white guy. That nobody really seen like do the black rooms like exclusively almost. Yeah, but what was dope it wasn't like you was trying to be black. You was just yeah. like a white white guy with good black observations because like. It's, it, it was like oh, your culture, before. but not yours. Yeah. It's like you grew up in it, you know it, you, your wife was, you know, black. So yeah. it was like an organic thing. You know, some, some guys try to do it and it's not authentic. So yours mm -hmm. is authentic and that's why I think. And funny, you funny, you always been funny. Mm -hmm. I think I remember meeting you in San Diego. You and Sean came down for something. I don't know what, because you weren't doing stand-up back then. This is like late 90s. Late 90s, I was doing stand-up here and there. I didn't really start doing stand-up until... Shit, I would say I've been doing stand up now twelve years. Twelve, because you guys ten, ten years. When did you guys go on that tour where it was Keenan, Damon, you, and Sean? Like you did a couple spot dates because it was that a four of you, right? Tour was probably seven years ago, six years ago. So I was only doing stand up five years at that point. Mm. I like where I'm at now, because back then it was like I was doing like a lot of like pop culture material and things about like pop culture or politics and. Now I don't give a shit about none of that. Like I don't, all I care about is me, what hurts, you know, life, you know, mm -hmm. what truth I can tell and just stuff that like nobody's going to do. Nobody can do you. That's what you learn. Mm -hmm. It just gives you such a such a like a ease and a calm. You don't care who you follow, who goes up, who goes what are you what are you place in the audience. You just go up there, have your time and give it up. Who cares? Do you watch the other comics when you're on those big I shows? I never do. I put my motherfucking headphones on. I don't want to know what you got to say. I don't want to hear what no. you got to say. I don't want to be accused of taking I don't, because it doesn't matter to me. I feel like if you do that, you give yourself anxiety. If I'm watching the comic before me and I'm sitting in, I'm like, damn, you stepped on my topic, man. I, I was doing stuff about kids. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear about that. Yep. I just want to go on stage and like a mop and with just <laughs> sweep away the energy with the mic. How y'all doing? Everybody good? All right. And then bring my energy. I don't... What happens is, when you're a young comic, you get caught up in the jet wash of another comic. I mean, one time, I was... I went up after... What was it? Vinny... Vin, Vinny... Vinny... He's my boy. Vinny... Fuck! What's Vinny's name? Vinny. 
He's fuck. That's the Iranian looking dude. He's, he's gonna, Italian. Yes, Vinny. I know who you're talking about. Vinny, I can't Vince, remember his last Vincent name. Vincent O'Shana. O'Shana, yeah. And he's a great friend of mine. But you know when Vinny goes up, he's like, "Go fuck the energy's over here." He's fucking crazy, you know. And so I watched him, and I went up after him, and I got caught in the jet wash. And halfway through my, sh- I was sweating. I looked over. I was like, "This isn't me." And People wasn't laughing. I was like, fuck. <laughs> I got caught up doing something that's not me. And my problem was like, what happened? What happened is I watched the dude before me and felt the energy of a room and thought I subconsciously had to match that. Mm-hmm. So never again. I got my headphones on. I don't want to watch your set. I, and sometimes, especially like if my boys, like if, if my, my friends who open for me are about to do like a comedy special or something, I'll come out and I'll watch their stuff and I'll give them notes. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I don't, I don't watch their set because I'm too busy just not. I just want to worry about mine. That's all. Smart. I always tell people that. I see. I seen a guy. I was on one tour, and literally, the guy was talking about. I don't know what. Let's say a blowjob, and the guy was on the side stage going, "Oh fuck, he knows I do shit about that." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and I'm like, wait a minute, you don't have a lock on blowjobs. <laughs> we all get blowjobs, right. <laughs> but that's the beauty of stand-up, right? It's Everybody has an experience, but what makes it dope is your experience and your perspective and your truth. Like my version of a blowjob based on what I've had in my life may be a lot different, but that's why you don't listen to other comments. You go on fresh, do your shit. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Like I stopped watching stand up like probably 10 years ago just because I didn't want to ever. No. I've seen guys take on mannerisms, not jokes, but they start moving yeah. like comics. You know yeah. what I mean? Because there's yeah. about there's about 15 Dane Cooks out there right now. Nah, you know what I mean? I eat. I eat. I threw up. I threw up. You know, McDonald's doesn't fit well I right here. It's right here. That. I don't even comes do that. Up. You know what's funny? I don't. Maybe because for me, identity. See, I come from f- four people that do stand up. So it's. You gotta, I'm forced to be me. I can't be Damon. I can't be Sean. I can't be Keenan. And we're all siblings, so we're already close in that way. So it forces you to find your own identity. And I just feel like I don't I don't wanna have a rhythm. I just wanna be free on stage to do what I wanna do at that moment. If it's physical, it's physical. It's just a verbal joke, leave it at that. If I wanna explore it, if I wanna do a character, whatever I wanna do, I wanna just be able to explore me and live in the truth of what I'm doing. So do you like stand up better than acting? Like in movies and that's a TV tough ass question. I love it all. I love Here's what I love about I love it all. If you're asking me to choose children, I can't. I love acting, I love writing, I love producing, I love stand up, but what I love about stand up is the immediate reaction from an audience. I can't mm-hmm. clean it up. It's an instantaneous. I can't take it back. I tell the joke, they react. It's funny or it's not. If I'm doing a movie, I could tell a joke. I could look. I could feel the scent. Like that one's not landing. Let's let's do it again. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's go. I could change it in editing. I can do ADR. I can change stuff. Stuff. When you do stand up, you can't change it. So the reaction is real and it's instant and it's mm-hmm. gratifying and scary as fuck. And that's what I love about stand-up. And also for me, stand-up t- took away the desperation for me as a performer, because I used to always want to perform, and I'd be so hyped to perform that I would, 
I don't know, I'd just be a crazy man. And now that I do stand up every weekend and I'm on the road and I'm able to perform, it just gives me an ease when I'm on set. Like, okay, I'll sit in the pocket as, you know, tell the story and then funny. You know what I mean? It gives you uh, mm. more of a leading man vibe. Mm -hmm. Outside of your family, who's your favorite stand-up? I mean, damn, that's a tough one. Uh, Prior. And you you trying to play him, right? Yeah, I, I saw the I saw the everyone audition. was trying to play him. Kevin Hart was up for the role. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was up for it. I didn't get it. <laughs> He's like, eh, Gene Wilder, maybe. <laughs> It sucked. I thought I had yeah, it. Almost. Almost. <laughs> That'd be funny. I walk in. It's you, Kev, my guest. Hey, what's up? Who are you rooting for, Gary? Richard. No, uh, with the burn. I'm only going for the bandages part. <laughs> yeah, everybody's up for that, man. Damon had it years ago. Honestly, like, I feel like God... God writes every story. Whatever's supposed to happen is gonna happen. I don't. I don't trip about it. If it was supposed to happen, great. If it didn't happen, great. I, f I figured out during the journey that prior doing that audition actually brought me to the stage. That's when I got serious about stand up. That in my movie that I did with my brother Damon behind the smile. Yeah, that that never came out, did it? No, Damon. Damon's like, mm-mm. Because -mm. I thought that when I saw you guys were doing that movie and I saw you were playing a stand up, right? Yeah. In the movie, that's the one. That's the movie. I thought, okay. And before you even, I don't know how long you've been doing it, I was like, okay, Marlon's going to start doing stand-up. Because yeah. there's no way he's going to play a stand-up, yeah. and then the bug's not going to get him being in that family. Yeah. And, and then, then all of a sudden, he was out on the road. But da I never saw the movie. Damon, no one, only Chappelle and like 20 other comics saw it. Damon like has it in his closet. He is like, mm -mm. I was like, he's like, I was like, why don't we just put it out? He goes, mm -mm. I don't like the deal. I'm going to give it to my granddaughter and let them do something with it. I said, nigga, you got my Oscar in a closet. That, that, <laughs> it was clearly my greatest Hold performance. Hold on. You got my Oscar, my Oscar in a closet. My Oscar is in Damon's closet Release somewhere. it. He won't. But Come it's on okay. Now. You know, I, I, um, I, it, that movie was such a great experience because Damon just, he put me through it. You know, Did he it, direct it? He directed it. And he just put me through it and working me and working me. And he would go, you know, um, I'd be like, all right. He would go do stand-up in front of me. And he goes, you got to follow. And we was really doing stand-up at the time. So and hold he, on. While you're shooting, is this, you're just going to clubs following them? Or you're shooting in front of a live audience? We're shooting in front of a live audience. Do they know it's a movie? They, they, they know they it's a movie. It's like extras. But the way he shot it was like it wasn't a movie. It was like, this is a night at the comedy club. So those were organic laughs. Organic or, laughs. So or, he would go, and before I would go up, he would go, all right, so, you know this material I wrote? I don't want you to do none of that. I said, Nick, what, what the fuck am I supposed to do? He goes, I don't know, make it up. And <laughs> And he would go on stage and he would do a set and then he would have to bring me up and he goes, this was his intro, he goes, the next guy coming to the stage, he has cancer. He ain't going to be here long, so please have a little pity for him. Give it up for the dying Seymour, or whatever my name was. <laughs> and he would bring down the room and make it unfunny and make it uncomfortable and then make me have to dig my way out of that. Is that what the movie is about? Yes. You're a, a comic dying of cancer? No, he's just being crazy. Oh, he's being a he's kind of a dick. Dark. Dickhead host. He's being, a, he's being dark. This next yeah. guy got COVID-19. <laughs> you could stay here and watch him if you want. 
But I wouldn't trust him. Matter of fact, let me take the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Coming to the stage is... <laughs> and he would bring me up. And those constantly was the circumstance he would bring me up. It was like about a, a, a comic that was insecure, but he was like the biggest comic in the world. And this young comedian came in town. And so he seen him as a threat. And so he started trying to take him under his wing and destroy him at the same time. And so, mm -hmm. but that movie, man, it's, it's, it's Chappelle's favorite movie. Chappelle's like, Marlon, when are you going to release Behind a Smile? I said, nigga, it's in Damon's closet. Oh, your Oscar's in the closet. So, you know, but I'm glad I did it. You know, everything, everything is for a reason. Like, whether you released it or not, that journey for me as an actor was probably one of the greatest experiences I had. And then now doing like, you know, On the Rocks and doing like Respect and the, the work I had to do for that. If I didn't do Behind the Smile, I feel like I wouldn't be ready for that kind of experience. Did you show your ass like Requiem for a Dream in that movie? In which movie? Well, I, I know you showed my ass for in every gene. movie. Yeah, but that was what that was the shocker. Is that? Did you show your ass? I'm saying that like, season you got your excited MO. Season me your MO. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Will Smith breaks into a full sprint every movie. At some point, he's just going to start running <laughs> for no reason. Marlon like this. Well, that movie sucked. He didn't show his ass. I guess he wasn't into that script. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, yes, I did show my ass in that one. I was butt naked. Tears I of a clown. Tears of a clown. Kind of. I, I, uh, and, and behind the smile, I, I, behind the smile, I'm sorry. Yes, I blew, I got on stage and I did my last monologue and it was, I was crying, it was dark, I was on drugs and on stage I blow my head off. And that was That's, the end of the movie. And oh, the end of the movie was Damon, now that my character's dead, he has my family, he has my girl and he's up there on stage doing my material. That's the end of the movie? That's the end of the movie. Oh, fuck. You would love this. It's Yo, can so I see it? dark. Let me see Damon. It. Can I see it? Can I we just get a special over. screening for Gary I won't and show Chappelle? It to anybody. I won't show it to anybody. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's a great movie. Like, I want people to see it. It's really a great movie. It's honestly, especially because we love comedy. So, you know, and we've been there through so many different generations of comedy that we know these dark stories and these dark journeys. So it's a great movie. And yes, I'm butt naked at that one. But the next two movies, Behind the Smile, I was naked. Um, Respect, I'm not naked. Not naked in that I one? Shirt off. Oh, come on. You could have been naked with Aretha. Uh, it's, listen, I did 14 movies and... I was naked in all of them. It hasn't got me a statue. So yeah. I figure I'm going to keep my clothes on. For respect? For respect. And respect. for on the rocks. I'm just showing my, 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 my chest. Mm -hmm. leave, leave the ass out. You know, I'm trying, to, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make it a little bit more congenial. All right. You know? Trying all right. to up, up my, my cachet, Gary. <laughs> I don't know. People want to see booty hole. Oscars and booty holes. They don't mix. <laughs> I don't know. Is there? Wait a minute. There's been... Uh, was it Halle Berry? She was butt naked. Got yeah, but Oscar. that's Halle Berry. That's true. I am not Halle Berry. That's true. <laughs> I just paused. I didn't. I don't know what the movie's about. <laughs> I literally watched the movie and I was like, "Just tell me when. Tell me when the sex scene is." <laughs> I just, just, <laughs> what was it about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about Halle Berry. Oh my Monsters god, she's going to Oscar. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. But I, I, when I, don't I, get the same I'm, response. I really want to see that movie because when I saw it, I go, okay, this isn't this isn't some writers writing a movie no. about stand up. This is people that have seen like every stage of it. Because yeah. Damon was in that one with Tom Hanks yeah. and Sally uh, Field. Punchline. Punchline. Yeah, years ago. Yeah, he Damon, was in that one. Damon lived this, you know. I mean, he's he's a he's a monster. I, but like I said, I, I feel like that movie prepared me, and same thing with Pryor. It prepared me 
for not just the movies I did afterward, but doing even going on audition. That's why I tell people, yo, do the work. You never know when it's going to lead you. It's like that's why I don't really say no to certain things. Certain things in my career, I could be, like, oh, I'm too big to do that. No, no, no. Let me do the work. Why? I don't know, but I know there's something for me to get. So if I just do the work, it's going to lead me to some place, and then that's going to give me a baton that's going to lead me to something else. So prior and behind the smile, behind the smile was never released. Prior, I didn't wind up doing the movie, but it's prepared me for now I'm doing stand-up. It made mm-hmm. me do stand-up. Those two movies is the reason why I'm on stage, because it's the, the, the um, method actor in me that brought the comedian out in me. So, mm-hmm. and now I love comedy. So I love it so much. Like I just, I just go on tour for no reason. I just go on weekends. I just, that's, that's my fun. I like doing nine shows in a weekend. Mm-hmm. I know it's tiring, but I just love it because I know every time I do a show, I just got better. And that, I was on the road so much that I literally, I was letting go of material and then going, ah, I'm gonna change that hour. And I would keep changing hours. It was at a point I had like five hours of material, and I was just like, "Where does that come from?" And it just comes from hitting the stage and you know the monotony of doing the same joke and going, ah, "I don't want to do that joke no more. I'm gonna start and do this brand new material." And then you realize, "Yo, I, I got this cooked. I got that cooked. I got I could stitch this together. That's a special there. That if I work that, but you got to work it. It's a it's a lot of work." Does this happen to you talking about jokes? Like I find I'll do I'll be doing a joke for like six, seven months straight. I get tired. It's killing. And then you get kind of bored with it. But I think your delivery gets boring because you all of a sudden it ain't hitting like it usually hit, and you're like this, wait a minute, are they feeding off me not delivering it right? And I'm like, okay, it's time to put it's that part, joke aside. Part that, but it, it is. We get bored of the joke. And so it's not fun. To me, the discovery of a new joke that leads me into a new bit, like if I do a brand new five based on a thought that I had in the dressing room and, mm. I just, and I'm able to just hit that and knock it home, I'm like, that's fun. Now yeah. I'm having fun with the material. Like I had a special ready before COVID hit. And so I went back out to work on that material. And I was like, eh, I know that material. And I started working on new stuff. And I was just like, yo, I got the next half hour for the next special because I would start talking about what was important to me and what was funny about, because I needed therapy. My mama passed and I was just like, I got mm-hmm. to talk about it. Are you talking about that on stage? Oh yeah. Got yeah. to. Because yeah. I, I, I have to make me laugh. It's my therapy and, and uh, the audience, you know, it's a little, it's a little dark. because But, dark, but I, I healing. and I, I'm sure you do. I appreciate the silence sometimes. When uh, you get the a, best. When they're just, and all like, cause I mean, Dave's kind of bringing that to light with these these little things he's dropping, eight forty six, not little things, but these YouTube eighteen minute yeah. specials where it's it's almost just like he's not even really telling jokes. No, it's li- he's expressing. That's yeah. what I've learned. Why, you, every time you watch Chappelle, you learn something. Like he taught me, like silence is golden. Man, it's okay for them to just listen because I can lead you to laughs. But what I can't be afraid of. It's just telling the truth. Whether you agree or disagree, I don't give a fuck. This is what I feel. This is what I'm going to say. And it's my perspective. And then here's what's funny about it. But the first thing you have to do is you have to have, it has to be a feeling and it has to be expressed through truth. And then you can find a comedy. But otherwise, Damon used to do that well. Damon would go on stage and eat ice cream and leave. And he'd be like, what, what was that? I just want them to learn to listen. I'm not a monkey. I'm a stand up. <laughs> And he would go up and he'd express himself. Oh, he would go real dark. 
and make them uncomfortable and leave them. Or he'd go behind the camp, the, the curtain and do his whole act behind the curtain. Because for him, he was just freeing it himself up from being in their jail. Because sometimes an audience can put you into jail, especially in today's society where everything you say is cancel culture. Fuck y'all. I'm gonna well, cancel me now so we get this out the way. Do you, let me ask you and, this. And then let me show you why canceling doesn't work because we all have the right to have an opinion. This is so stupid, this whole cancel culture. I think it's ridiculous. But do you, do you really feel, because I feel social media makes us feel like we're in a cancel culture. When you're but in the clubs, you don't anything feel like goes. Shit exactly. At all. That's what Same. I be telling people. I go, they Same. go, is it different? I go, no, Same. comedy clubs, anything goes. But here's what's so stupid about people is they think that those people on social media are real people. They're not fucking real people. Those are bots. Those are people from different countries influencing our First Amendment which is freedom of speech. And people are so stupid. And the media picks up on some shit that some troll said, and then they make it a story. And then they don't even understand that the, 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 the effect of all that is we're fucking up our first amendment. And as a comedian, that's all we have to, you know, to, to, to live by. So I'm not gonna allow that to happen. I don't care about social media like that. I care about when I'm in a comedy club, put your cameras away. Cause mm -hmm. if, if, I'm, if, if I'm gonna get canceled, it's gonna be on my terms. Mm -hmm. So when I produce a, uh, uh, when I do a special, and I go, I'm willing to live or die by this, because mm -hmm. I I I edited it, I wrote it. I'm, all right, let's go. And it's not about a piece of, because sometimes they'll get a t ten seconds of your act, but you didn't see the setup. You didn't see all the stuff that I said mm -hmm. before you got that moment that you try to get me canceled by. But how about how about the everybody's laughing in the audience at the whatever 10 second bit they and post. Even, yeah, and, and even then you're on going, TV they're laughing. That was right. funny, but that was wrong to say. Yeah. Fuck out of here. That's, a, that's, that's our job is to make the uncomfortable comfortable. Yes. That's our job. We're and supposed to talk about the things that nobody wants to talk about anymore. Like, And especially if it comes from truth. If I come from truth, I don't give a fuck who's there. Suck, suck it deep. I'm going to say exactly what I need to say because I need, this is my therapy. This is people are paying to see my show. And I'm going to express myself in the most truthful way because to me, there's somebody in the audience that needs to hear what I'm saying. Yeah, somebody's all, somebody in that audience's mother's past also. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's, that's our therapy too. Yep. It's not the audience. It's our therapy. Yep. And even, even with social media, I find that the people that are always like the negative and attacking that aren't bots, I'm always like, they weren't going to pay to see me anyways. So exactly. I don't, their, their thoughts aren't valid to me. You were never going to come see me. I don't care how many complaints I've gotten. Shows are packed. So the people that don't come, right. that, that complain, stay your ass at home. If you don't like it, stay your ass at home. Mm -hmm. But if you think you're going to come to my show and I'm going to change my set to make you feel good. Listen, in the comedy club, it's 400 people. If I tell a joke and 398 people walk out, that's a bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> but if I tell a joke and 390 people, 98 people are laughing... And two people get offended and they walk out. Well, that's a damn good joke. Mm -hmm. That's I'm gonna miss them, but that's a <laughs> <laughs> still a damn good fucking joke. And maybe I'll think about what what is it that made them feel uncomfortable. I will think like that because my goal is to make everybody laugh. But I also learned some people just ain't gonna laugh at that no matter what. They just sensitive. Some people don't mm -hmm. want you to talk about Trump. You say the word Trump, that come on, this is mm -hmm. for us. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. some people are willing to listen to 
what's your perspective? What's your point of view? People are just sensitive nowadays because we're being programmed to be that way. But I want to go back to having fun. So I'm going to be a, you know, a soldier in truth and just, hey, man, we have the right to agree to disagree. But that's what I love about comedy. We can agree to disagree. And that line is the laughter. If we laugh at something, even if we have two polar opposite points of view, the fact that we can enjoy a laugh together, that's where we're healing. That's the magic of comedy. Mm. It always amazes me when comics try to get offended. I go, we are offensive proof. Like, there's, no, I always tell you, there's nothing you can say that can offend me. Ah, nothing. None. Absolutely nothing. None. You know, I still don't say the N word on stage. Not going there. I respect there. that. Not going there. No, I respect that. As a black man, I respect that. Sometimes white guys get too cool. I don't give... And you see, listen, you marry, your kids are half black, half white. Yeah. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. Well, I've always... I've and gotten this far without saying And if they friend by the house, one of your son's white friends, and he says the word, you should tell your son, fuck him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't let him get away with that. Fuck him up. No, no but that's respectable. I get that. Like, you know, and even though you probably... But you know, you, you could get a pass because your wife. But it's good that you no, don't use it. I respect it. I don't think. It. I don't think don't I abuse it. it. I respect it. I think that would be the one thing that might cancel me, is if I said that word on stage like that. I don't think you. I think you're funny enough not to be canceled by that. I think you're smart enough to know that it got to be a goddamn good joke, and it probably has to be brilliant in order for it to, you know, really have an effect. Like but it'd be, I, you, it'd be impossible. You, I think you're funny enough to find a way to say that, and it'd be brilliant. But it's going to take discovery. Don't well, just say it for, to, to, to say it. That ain't going to work. It'd almost be impossible because, like we said, you got to work shit out on stage. You can work it out in front of your wife. And she'd be like, mm-mm. No, Gary. Yeah. No. You know how many people always that say that? That won't mean my pussy dry. No. <laughs> mm-mm. Mm-mm. Say that shit again. I'd be like this. <laughs> I've I've called you a stank ass bitch. <laughs> yeah, but, that, but it ain't an one. <laughs> That's cute. We were role playing. See, never now, say it again. <laughs> stank ass bitch. Oh, see now we back in the zone. So <laughs> what you gonna do with this stank ass bitch, nigga? I'ma fuck you. See that's the bullshit I'm talking about. <laughs> it's just dry and wet. Dry and wet. <laughs> <laughs> So you got respect. Is that when is that coming out? Because with COVID, everything's August. They moved back to August. Is it still shooting for the theaters? Shooting for the theaters. It's a brilliant movie. It should be in the theaters. I mean, Jennifer Hudson is so amazing in the movie. Forrest Whitaker kills it. No, I, I, don't I ain't that. so bad. Hold on, Forrest Whitaker kills it. He, you know, he did good. That. I was proud of him. I was he hasn't him. done shit since Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I know. He's working on his overrated. Crap, He's working on his crap. How about the last? Was it the last King of Scotland? <laughs> What the fuck does Scotland have to do with anything? Trash. She was like in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's so brilliant, man. Like, he made you work. Like, what I loved when I did this movie is we were working. Like, we left set and we would go home and we I called my acting coach, my dialect coach, my movement coach, and we really explore the scenes. And when I went to work the next day, like after work, we'd work. And me and Leland Thompson, Thompson, what's Leland's last name? God damn it, Leland. Um, but that's my acting coach, Tom, my voice coach. Um, and we just would work. And then when I got to set, I'd be ready for the director to just kind of make adjustments because we was prepared. And then you have to be so on point because 
Forrest would do things that, like, out of nowhere, it's just like some gesture that you're like, yo, where did that come from? Or it was always a surprise. You never knew. And I love that because it kept us on our toes and it kept Mm -hmm. us honest. And, And there were scenes that it would be so tense that we wouldn't talk to each other, like, for, like, hours. Like, we all had, because we all was all in our zone. And then after the scene, the tension would lift and be like, yo, that was great work. Like... But uh, and I'm like, thank you. And I hated you for six hours. And you're mm-hmm. somebody I love and respect. Yeah. But same with Jennifer. Me and Jennifer were like really cool during the movie. And like, I love that woman. But there were scenes where I, we'd have this, where there was an abuse scene or a scene you, where we were arguing. You, who are you playing in the movie? I played Ted White, her, um, uh, her first husband. Mm. And they had like, you know, some abuse issues and domestic yeah. issues. And, you know, so me and her, we had these tense scenes and we were so cool, like laughing and joking. But when we had these scenes, it'd be six hours and I couldn't hug her. I couldn't smile at her. And it would be like, I hate you for six hours. I hate you too. And then scenes over. And it's like, oh, that was great work. Have you ever worked with anybody that like stayed in character the whole time? Yeah, that's a little annoying to me. <laughs> who, 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 are you allowed to name names or no? I like when people... Look, you can be in character when you're at work. I'm, I'm good with that. But I just... Just don't... Not At lunch, can you just come out of character? Because <laughs> I heard Daniel Day-Lewis does that. I know, but I'd be like, come on, Daniel. Just have lunch with me. <laughs> no, I don't want you to eat with your left foot. I just uh. want... You to have lunch with a fucking spoon and a fork. <laughs> How's the kids? Yeah. <laughs> no, I that? just want. <laughs> Who was I talking about with Dana Day Lewis? Oh, um, uh, um, Joseph Sakura. You know Tommy from Power. Joseph. Yeah. He said he did. Uh, he did Shutter Island with Leonardo DiCaprio, and they were at lunch and they was talking about uh, gangs in New York, and I guess. Daniel Day-Lewis pulled something like a hamstring or a back. He was like in pain for like a week on set. And he's just laying there. <laughs> the whole time he's the butcher. And then he just breaks <laughs> character at one point. He goes, this is fucking hot, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and like Leo's like, oh, he's still in there. Daniel's still in there. But just in the middle of the scene, this is fucking hot, isn't it? <laughs> he broke him. That's crazy. I just can't I was do Because I heard like... Jim Carrey was man on the moon the whole time. I said that'd be hard because that guy was. Yeah, but that Jim is just super committed. I don't know if he went home with like that. Like, would you have sex with your wife like that? Like, there's a point where it's just like, yo, it's too much. Like, oh, that's why I wanted um, on Leonardo's set. Part. Great, but even then, like for me, I jump in, I jump out. I need the break from the character. I can't just be somebody for five months. I'll lose my shit. Mm-hmm. I gotta be. I like me. I like Marlon. So yeah. I like to. I need to be me because I think in order for any character to really be truthful, you have to assign them to emotions that you as a human have. And they have to, your character and your person has to meet. You can't just, because if you're just the character it, and it's not a tie to any real emotions, I, I try to marry the two. So I understand like, oh, this is what I've been through. That's similar to what this character has been through. And I let them meet. And then when I'm the character, I'm the character. And then when they say cut, I'm back to Marlon. I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not that guy that's going to do that shit all day. Is there any part that you wish you, you thought you had and you didn't get, and then you was like, Every Fuck. part, nigga. Every fucking part. Every part. I, prior. I, ev- prior. Yeah, but that didn't come out. I'm talking about the movie that came out, and he was like, fuck. I was close. Lisa, what's the movie that happened? You're like, you get everything. No, but I mean, honestly, 
I'm very selective, and I do get a lot of stuff. If I if I go out for it, I'm gonna go out for it. I'm a like I'll put myself on a plane. I'll be like, you're gonna have a Skype interview. No, I'm not gonna Skype. I'm getting mm-hmm. on a plane. I got on a plane. My last two movies, I got on a plane. I met the directors. It was on a Skype or FaceTime. No, no. I did my gig. I was in Chicago. I bought myself a ticket. I went right down to Atlanta. I sat with Liesl, the director of Respect. I wanted to, mm-hmm. I wanted to sit face to face and talk about the character. I wanted to see what what the sets was going to look like. I wanted to see the world. I wanted mm-hmm. to really get a a, um, a gauge on where what, what kind of film experience I have. So I mm-hmm. met them face to face. Same with Sophia Coppola. She was like, she'll be in a couple weeks and she's in New York. I was like, New York? Ah, I don't know. She could meet so many cool black guys in that meantime that could play Dean. She could meet Nick Cannon. I think Kevin has a gig out there. No, I'm getting on a plane. I'm going to go meet her. And I did. And I wound up booking them and you know for me i i need to see at this point for me i need to see if my version of the character meshes with what their interpretation of the character is because i don't want a bad experience i want a great experience and i want and usually that's when you have a synonymous perspective on what the character is and that's when you Mm -hmm. have your most fun so that's why you came to do a podcast in person yeah, because I wanted really to be wanted me? to sit at home. <laughs> now this shit I could do in my sleep. I could do it on the really toilet. To... Like I, oh, ah, I but... did. I, I'm just saying. You just named off two great directors, and I was like, well, I appreciate you coming in because I just put myself in no, your Gary, category this, right now. This is like a favor, not even for you. <laughs> this is Felisa Bloom, who we shared as a manager and a close friend, and we shared. You know, a you're the reason together. I got my manager. I know. You know that was 2005. And I'm the reason I'm here right now. Like, I know. You, you I have know. a guest today. I know. Lisa I know. Bloom <laughs> is fucking loved. And that's my birthday twin, July 23rd. And that's my right. mom was born July 23rd. So that's crazy. I always know my birthday's day. coming up because yours is like, I'll go to Instagram and they'll be like, Marlon, 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 23rd. I go, Marlon, 26th. Let's, oh, see, yours if, is. let's oh. see if these motherfuckers <laughs> wish me happy birthday. <laughs> I wish you a happy birthday this year. I'll get you some love. Actually, I'll wish Lisa a happy birthday and she can tell you happy birthday yeah. from me. <laughs> well, that's that's how I got your f- former manager, which is my current manager, was you, Keenan, and Sean were trying to put a interracial sitcom together. Yes. And uh, it didn't go, but I remember we met with, we, you guys had that office by the Grove yep. on the second floor yep. up there. And then uh, Lisa pulled me in and she goes, I think I can do something with you. Who reps you? I go, myself. <laughs> she goes. She's like, "Oh, this is gonna are be you easy. clear?" <laughs> <laughs> but it was great because, like, a year later, we got. I had little man. Yeah. I go, "Wow, that was a good decision." Yeah, yeah. See, what we do for Lisa. I'm just saying the first one, Lisa. Think Jesus it's Christ. you. Just huh? know that it's Lisa. Yeah. Oh, I, I told her. I said, no, "Just call Marley. Get him down here." <laughs> and it, no. that's all she had to do. And I was like, "Okay." Plus, I love you. I, I would. I would do it if you wasn't Lisa. I just wish Thanks. it was closer. I was like, "Can they move this?" Shit, is set. Uh, yeah. we could have put this in my house. Like yeah. it's just walls. I, I got other guests. I do three man. episodes a day. I got why, more people why coming. Why would you want to talk that much? Huh? I'm, I Who can't fly. I gotta fly in it. Faison's next. That nigga yeah. crazy. Let me get out of here. <laughs> you have a gun with him today. Faison. I said I'm calling Faison. Beat, hate. beat somebody up in a mall. Like <laughs> what about the what about the uh, the the um. The airport, the Columbus airport. Yeah, he threw that guy out. Dude, yeah. I was like, yo, Faison <laughs> crazy. Faison. But he loved the fact that we know he crazy. Like, yeah. Yeah, I've known Faison. We put Faison in Don't Be a Menace. He was, uh, it was in a scene where Loke and we went to like a Roscoe's chicken place that was a gas station as well. And he was the guy, and we was talking about dashiki, and he was making us drinks, but he had fucked dashiki too. And he was yeah. like, she, she's pregnant. He was like, 
she is. And so basically that was the whole scene. And that's our first time we work with Faison. So we're in good faith with Faison. Good. So if he's going to beat anybody up and drag him through the airport, it nah. won't be me. <laughs> Here's the thing, too. I have too many brothers. Like, we roll deep. No, it ain't your Wayne, brothers. Wayne's Do you got a, nephews, nephews, nieces? And the cousins that nobody know? Oh, Cousins is the worst. <laughs> Hold on. They're the bitter comics at the comedy club. I was always funnier than Keenan. The fuck? I told him that joke. They're saying that same thing in jail. Yeah. Like. <laughs> you guys are deep. We're deep. Did, did, did you, ever, you wasn't with us at night that uh, going back to Trey, that Tracy went off on me in, in Vancouver in his room. I think Craig was there. Maybe no, Damien. I wasn't there. I'm a Yo. peaceful dude. Like whenever like Trace would have one of those episodes, I'd come on, man. Like I'm a, I'm a very I'm a peaceful warrior, and I'm 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 kind of um, I don't know. I have a very zen kind of vibe to me. Like people, I don't really get a lot of people coming at me weird because I don't I don't give people that. So when I come, I come to you know I come in peace. And plus, I'm a producer, so it's just like hey, hang on, do that. I, we let's let's chill. Let's not let's not go there. I thought it was a rite of passage because I'd heard he. He went off on so many people. He never went off on, on me, never went off on Sean, never went off on Keenan. Like, you know. Well, he went off on me. And Craig thought he was going to have to step in the middle, but I was laughing the whole time. He goes, That's <laughs> what Keenan jump up. It was, it's classic Tracy. We're in his room was after he drinking? we all went out. Yeah. Oh, he was gone. Back when he used to drink, like now. Yeah. And this was 14 drink? years ago. Oh, my God. So he was like, I don't know what happened. We're sitting in the room, and all of a sudden Tracy just had a left field and goes, Fuck you, Gary Owen. <laughs> Always talking about black women. My mother's black. He was like, I'm, I'm seven years on SNL. I'll call Laura Michaels. You'll never be on TV. And he's just going, right? I'm going, where the fuck this come from? And right in the middle of the rant, room service rings the doorbell. Uh, pizza and wings come in. And right in the middle of him going, fuck you, Gary. You want a slice? <laughs> Trace is random, man. He's, some people just random. Like you can't even like. I don't. I never get sucked up in that because I know me. If I get sucked up in some of that, I'm gonna wind up fighting. So I just try not to. I'm a project kid. Right. I'm born and raised in New York City projects. So I know when my blood starts boiling. When my blood starts boiling, chances are I'm gonna get in a fight, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna hit first. So mm -hmm. I try to walk away. So I know that I don't want to go there. So yeah. let me just let me just remove myself. Because then if I go there, now my brother's got to go there. And then mm. the nephew's got to go there. And then the cousin's got to go there. And then we got an all-out Wayne's war yeah. for no reason. And then we coming out left field. Away. Yeah. He's like this. One of the Wayne's was a roofer? We asked the, the jump guy came people. Off the <laughs> <laughs> we guy never had a solo fight. Sean would have a solo fight with somebody. And before you know it, my sister's hitting the dude in the face. I'm biting the dude in the back. My other sister's kicking him with a heel. This is when you were like, little. When we were little. We never have, we never. My mother taught us, you, you fight one, you fight us all. It's hard to beat 20 fists. That's facts. That's a fact. Yeah. Is it true? I heard, okay, I think Sean told me this story, and I never got it to validate. So now I got you, I want to see about Is it true you guys went backstage to a Kanye West concert early in his career, and Sean said to Kanye, hey, man, I really like your music. And Kanye said, you should. No. <laughs> I thought he said that. He wouldn't say that to Sean. Sean the wrong dude. People sleep on Sean. Sean is the wrong one. But I'm saying that's something Kanye would say. Sean would say something back. Sean I didn't say he didn't say something back. Sean Caddy. I didn't say he didn't say something back. Sean would have ripped them 
for so but but no we would never like I don't think people don't come at us rude. We're not rude. Like we'll do jokes. But that's And we'll Kanye. do a living color and stuff like that. But Kanye he never. He's always respect, always respectful to the family. Okay. Always. I must have, I must have I, although, misheard. Although I did think that I had to ask his cousin Ricky, me, he's one of my boys. I was like, is Kanye mad at me? Because I did do a Kardashian joke in uh, my special in Wokus. And I was like, I don't think he's sensitive about it. And then I asked Ricky, he's like, nah, because he did. He made me a lyric in one of his songs. I was like, is, is he taking swipes at me? It was, I come to the door like Will Smith and Martin. Say something, Marlon. Do we have a problem? Shit. It was in this. I know the song you're talking about. He's like, say something, I come Marlon. To the door, like, like, I come to the door like Will Smith and Martin. Do we have a problem? As a matter of fact, Marlon. And I was just so hyped. That he said my name in a song, I was like, "Nigga, it wasn't." I am hip hop greatness. Like now, I made it. That never felt like a legend until Kanye put me in a song. And then I thought about, it. I was like, "Wait, I think he's taking a shot at me." And then I, oh, no, I think it's talking about Marlon Brando. No, no I'm just kidding. Do we have a problem? As a matter of fact, Marlon, because Will and Martin had sitcoms, oh. and then Marlon was a sitcom. So I come to the door like Will Smith and Martin. Do we have a problem? As a matter of fact, Marlon. Mm. I still think it's Brando. So, <laughs> if Kanye calls in, y'all got coughs in here? No. Oh, okay. Well, fuck. No. He ain't gonna watch this. Oh, if you talk bad about somebody, they watch. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it could have 16 views, and you say one bad thing. I'm like, I saw that shit. That motherfucker. Let me tell you, hey, I had, um, I was talking about some promoter that ripped me off, like, 20 years ago. Mm. The promoter has not been seen or heard of in 15 years. The promoter got a hold of somebody to reach me. I was like, what the fuck? This guy has been gone. And I talk about him on my podcast briefly, and he found out. Who is he? The guy's name was Pierre Crockwell. Do I know Pierre? Light skin Pierre? Not the comedian. Okay, he's a promoter. No, he's a promoter. He used to break, take comics to Guam, and then he started bringing them to Alaska and Seattle. But he was always ripping people off, and he mm. ripped me off. And then I talked about it on the podcast, and sure enough, they like, hey, he was calling somebody like, hey, man, tell Gary stop talking about it. we got fucking problems. I go, he's got to be pushing 60. Tell him to slow down right now, okay? <laughs> You're still mad? Oh, you know? fuck Pierre up. <laughs> I got ripped off one time, and I was just like. A promoter? Hey, I've never been ripped off promoter. I think I got, I got ripped off at a club. And I was like, you know I never have to play this club again. And I was mm. just like, this is going to cost you more. By me not doing it, then doing it. Because now, when I come to that city, I'm just going to play a theater. Or when I get huge, I'm just going to make sure I go on your night where you have your biggest business, and I'm going to do a show right next door. But I was just like, and that's mean. But I was just like, These, this three grand is going to cost mm -hmm. you. And so I don't mm -hmm. do that club anymore. Hmm. Never. Well, I'll and ask I know the club they off ask, the air. I'm gonna ask the club off there. Yeah, because it's so it's a it's it's a reckonable one, huh? Well, here's what happens is when I went to go get my money. Fucking comedy union, man. They pulled out the gun. I was doing that shit. Oh, put it on the table. Oh, and was like, oh yeah, count your stuff. Oh, so this wasn't an improv. No, no. <laughs> I know what it was. That's what. I know that's what, what I learned. I already know what club that's it is. That's what I learned. If it ain't an improv, Yo, if, if it's I, not, I know. Uh, if it's not a what's called a live, uh, what do you call stand it? Stand up live. Stand up live improv. Yo, 
I already know what club you it is. You ain't gonna catch me. You ain't gonna tell me. The janky I bet one. you I know what club gonna, it is. You ain't gonna fuck catch me. I ain't gonna do it. I bet you I know I what you club know it is. Too. Yeah. I bet you I know I hustle and flow. Yeah, I don't do it no more. I don't do it. It's all right. Keep I, that. I had a guy like do that to me one time early in my career in Columbus, Ohio. I don't mind telling the clubs that are closed now and they're the guys. No, this one's still open. <laughs> yeah, this one isn't. The guy's like the guy's name was uh, Andrew Ford, and he was in Columbus, Ohio, and he asked me to do a week. And I did the week, and then I stayed another week because Eddie Griffin canceled for so I think he got a movie or something. So he was like, "Yo, can you stay an extra week?" And I'm a young comic; I don't know mm-hmm. better. Yeah. So we go to settle, and he shortened me, and I go, "Dude, this isn't what we agreed upon." And he goes, "All right." He un lifts the carpet up in the office. <laughs> He's got a safe like this, right? With all lifts your money the safe in it. up. <laughs> the the gun is on top of the money. He's got mm. all this cash and the gun's on top. He goes, mm. now, what'd you say? I owed you? I go, uh, I guess we're good. Dollar fifty. Right? So then I was like, uh, and then uh, I talked about him on like, I don't know, the pot, I think the Breakfast Club or something. And he fucker called in the Breakfast Club. Like, you just hey, got all Gary. these janky promoters calling to fuck you up. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? I don't mind calling them everybody's out. business. If they're, if they're old janky promoters, <laughs> it's almost a warning. Don't mess with them, dude. Yeah. But now I have, a whole, I have a whole system, like, worked out. Like, all I got to do is punch in my numbers. I know how many people there. I got my counter. Pay my money. After that, lawyer's going to get you. I'm not going to sit and have these conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the number. Here's what you know you're supposed to pay me. We'll get the, we'll get the, we'll get the business people on it. I'm not going to. That's what I always do. I was like, wait a minute. That's, that's why I'm paying Lisa and my agency yeah. to have these arguments. Go get it. Yeah. No reason for me to have these arguments. They have your commission. I suggest you go have a conversation yeah. with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Where's my commission? Well, the club has it. Yeah. So I think you should call them and <laughs> go get your commission. Okay, is there anybody you haven't worked with that you want to work with? Yeah, man, I would love to work with Denzel. I would love to work with. Uh, I would love to work with Will. Uh, I would love to work with Jamie. I can't believe you haven't worked with Jamie. I work with All My Living Color, but I'm talking about like as, as, as grown men, like as a, in a movie. I would like to work with him. I think that'd be fine. I don't know. I, I like I'm De Niro. Like I want to work with the greats. I, I, I'm. I've been so lucky to like to to say I work with Tom Hanks. Like that was awesome to be able to work with Bill Murray. How was that, by the way? Amazing. We had one scene, but it was so dope. It wasn't even a lot of dialogue, but it was all subtext. You good? Yeah, I'm good. You good? I'm good. Yeah. All right. Everything good? Good. Like, it was no dollar, but it was such a dope scene. But working with greats, you learn how to be great. And the one thing I've learned, uh, even, uh, what's the name? Uh, I did The Heat with... uh, Melissa McCarthy? Melissa McCarthy, Paul Feig, and Sandra Bullock. And I learned, and Sandra Bullock, like, just taught me something. Like, you always learn something. Her and Tom Hanks, I think, taught me that the best stars are the best people. And there's, like, they would have, like, ice cream trucks or they get lottery tickets for the crew. And I took those traditions. And when I do a a movie or I do a show, I want to make sure that my crew who's working with me has the best time. That we have the... Because... We can't control if something's going to be successful. But as a star and a producer, I can control the temperament of a set and make sure that the work experience is great on my part. I can't help if the director's an asshole. I can't help if, you know, uh, some people don't get along. All I can help, all I can do is just give my best me to the set. I smile, try to know everybody's names, have conversation. Just there's a, a, a energy to a set that you have to be respectful and responsible for. And I get upset when like stars bring this negative energy to a set. 
because I think like people away from their families when we're doing these movies, you know, not everybody's making what the star is making. It's just like, mm-hmm. yo, like tithe. Make sure that you give your best you to your crew because it should be a great work experience for them. And that's that's what I try. And it's funny because your crew will tell you, like, if you're good to them, they'll be like, you know, the person on the camp, like, Marlon, move a little bit to your left. Great. That's a beautiful shot. Let's get that one. The mm-hmm. camera person will be like, don't rock. The, the, the first camera assistant will be like, don't don't rock so much. It's like a whole focus. It would be a much better shot. Like, mm-hmm. When they feel like they can talk to you, it actually makes for a better movie. So that's why, for me, I'm a giver. So every set I work on, you talk to any actors that work with me, it's always going to be a great experience. I'm never going to be that guy beefing, throwing chairs, and acting crazy. I'm not. I'm here to make everybody's life easy and have a good time. You guys gave me avocado chocolate pudding. How nice is that? little man. That is very sweet. Because Keenan had the... He, he was doesn't on even some eat kind that of diet anymore. And he was, I was like, because you, you, Sean... And Keenan were eating pie. I go, oh, they got chocolate pudding? And the crack <laughs> like, oh, they go, oh, no, no, that's, that's Keenan's chocolate pudding. I looked at I gave Keenan just to grin. I look like this. I like, I really like chocolate pudding, though. He's like, you, we'll get you some chocolate pudding. I gave you chocolate pudding. <laughs> and then I go, then he told Keenan me. gave me pudding. I gave you Runa. Like, yeah, the yeah. ones love you. You guys, you guys have fixed my insides. <laughs> fuck, fuck the work. I'm living because of the ones. <laughs> Keating <laughs> said it like, like almost like, all right, little kid, we're gonna give you some pudding. <laughs> like you're kidding. You I didn't, didn't stop. It's probably nasty, and you didn't even. I love liked it. it. You did. I did it because it was funny. I didn't bugs. stop. I was like this. You guys got. Pu- they got- I said they got pudding. And he was like, no, no. Keenan's food truck was over here with all this organic specialty shit. And I go, what? Well, yeah, it's made avocado. I was like, uh, I still like pudding. You always learn right. something working with the Wayneses. Well, what's your favorite John Witherspoon memory? Oh, so many. Pops is the best. So many. Um, you know, Wayne's Brothers, we'd have fun. He was like a second pop. There would be times me and Sean want to go crazy because, we, you know, we didn't like the script or, you know, um, we didn't think it was funny or we didn't feel it was organic. And me and Sean wasn't happy. And John would be like, now, now, see, boys, you, there's a way to do it. You know, see, you got the keys at the end of the day. You got the keys. So you ain't got to, you tell those motherfuckers, you ain't got to do that. No, but there's a way to do it. See, now, you could tell them writers, fuck all. But when that studio come in there, see, you got you to gotta, you gotta hear them out. You know? <laughs> so, and he was right. He was like, yo, you can have these conversations or, or there's tension with your writers and express that to them. But when a studio comes in here, make sure you express your perspective and why it doesn't work to them in a way that they can understand it. You can't just be angry. They nobody understands anger. And then we used to do shows together, and I would always give them like you asked what's on my writer. On my writer, I always have like um, Don Julio, nineteen forty-two, or I have uh, uh, Jose Cuervo, uh, Family Reserve, or I'll have uh, Clase Azul, uh, Tequila. I'll have Tito's vodka um, or um, a, a Ciroc of a flavor, and I'll have like a, um, a nice bottle of wine. I always have like a Faust or a Prisoner. And whenever me and John would do the show together, he would go through his bottle of wine, and I would always come over to his thing, with, to his room, and give him my bottle and go enjoy yourself. And we'd have a cup and we'd sit and we'd talk about life. And the last gig we did together, was in Chicago, Illinois, and um, you know, I, once again, I gave him my wine. We were supposed to go out and meet and, and eat 
it just was it got too late for him. I think the wine kicked in and that nigga went to sleep. But um, you know, <laughs> it was always a good laugh, always a good memory, and he was always uh, super supportive. So you know, twenty twenty sucks. Yeah, that, that was one of the reasons why it sucks. I mean, that that was a hard loss for me. Well, he always I, I lost my pops, and I lost my mom. That was a tough year. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. It's all good, nigga. Anything else we gonna talk about that set? <laughs> I was just. Oh, the I Gary just, pod, I yeah, like John. The Gary Owens podcast. Sorry Come about laugh that. I didn't mean to cry. bring it down. Sorry no, about that, Marlon. It's okay. I didn't mean to bring it down. That one, I, I'm, some things you don't get over. Like when his son posts, like JD will post something about John, and I get sad like I'm one of his sons. Like me and Sean really fucked up by that. That, that, was, that was like, that was, he was, he meant a lot. You know, I've known John since I was 11. We did, uh, Robert Townsend's Partners in Crime. And he, me and Sean was extras that summer. And we was down in the Universal lot. And it was a Western. And John Witherspoon was playing the drunk in a scene. And he's like, the motherfuckers coming. These motherfuckers coming. It's going to be a shootout. These niggas are shooting. And he was just, me and Sean was just laughing so hard at this funny, dynamic performer who was playing drunk. And then, you know, we... Knew he was funny from Hollywood Shuffle when he played, you know, hoes got to eat too. Like, yeah. <laughs> John was just, he, and me and my brothers always talk about it. John had classics. He had classic scenes and classic moments in every one of our classic movies. And that's what's so great about John. Like, he was brilliant in Boomerang. He was brilliant in On the Wayans Brothers. He was brilliant in um, Friday. Brilliant in Hollywood Shuffle. And, you know, some guys never made it as the star, but he shined in every fucking thing he did. And to us, he, you know, he was a star. He's as, 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 uh, as magnetic of a performer as prior and any other of, of the other greats. He's a goat, man. Well, it's also when he passed away, it's a testament to who you are when not one person has anything negative to say about no, you. No, he was loved. John was loved. Like that. You had no choice but to love John. Yeah. None. If, if if you didn't love John, something was wrong with you. Facts. He and he showed his ass a lot on stage too. And you talk about a nigga that was in character. He was in character. He wore them white shoes everywhere. He, once he found the white <laughs> shoes guy, when he was the white shoes character, that nigga got committed. Oh, see now he was funny, man. He's the only one I know that had the bang bang and boomerang and sold those shirts for twenty years. Oh yeah, on the road. And he started bang, charging bang. more and more. And in the uh, picture, he got the Polaroid. See, I got the Polaroid, thirty-five dollars a shot. See, yeah. I don't let them take with their phone. Mm -mm. Yeah. See, I need to, one picture, one shot, one kill. <laughs> John was funny, man. He taught me though. He's like Marlon, you are talented, but you you see, you got to get them keys. And I was like, what's keys, John? He goes, well, right now you got the acting key. You know, that's a good key for you. You got movie keys. See, you got two or three keys on your ring. And then you got the writer key, which is, uh, that's a good key. He said, but the key you need, you need the stand-up comedy key. See, see, now that live key, that could be eaten. See, otherwise you're waiting on Hollywood. Mm-mm. I don't wait on Hollywood. See, once you open the, the stand-up key, then you start selling the merchandise. And that's when you got all the keys, brother. You got the paper, all that mm, yeah. paper. <laughs> And he was right, man. I was like, that's one of my motivations to get on stage, John Witherspoon. You know, just telling me, if you could be funny in a sitcom, you could be funny on a stage. I never really wanted to do stand-up comedy. All my brothers was doing it, so I wanted to do something different. And he, he nudged me, and um, it, it, I'm, I'm grateful for that because, you know, to find your voice, even though you come from a family of comedians, you know, it took me a while. I was scared because I didn't think I would have 
a perspective or a point of view because them niggas, you talk about fam, you tell jokes about your life. Nigga, I'm living with 10 niggas and they all doing stand-up and shit, I ain't going to have no stories to tell. We've all got the same parents. We all got the same mom, same dad, same sister. But you're, it's funny because, and that's the beauty of comedy, is I don't care if it's 100 comedians and you're all talking about one subject. What is your unique perspective about that experience? And that that's the, the beauty and the art of comedy. Yeah. Well, I don't want to bring you down anymore. Anybody else? So, nah, let's talk about somebody happy. What do you shit. think about Kamala Harris? Fuck! Politics? <laughs> what do you think about Charles Manson? Are you glad he's gone? Oh. <laughs> you don't think Hitler was a bad guy? You know, you know actually, I, it just hit me just talking to you right now. <laughs> I'm not talking about Adolf. I'm talking about Bobby Hitler. His brother was nice, dude. He was a cobbler. That guy oh, can make Hitler some chess pieces. Bad. Bobby Hitler was a good motherfucking chess maker. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm happy that there's a change. I got, mm-hmm. I found myself depressed because every time, because normally you turn to the news like sometimes for an escape or you know when you're in hard times, like the president's gonna give you something that's gonna make you feel like okay, he's gonna resolve this. They're gonna mm-hmm. help to get this done. There was a point when this nigga wasn't wearing a mask. I was like, fuck, we're all going to die. He doesn't care about COVID. We're all dying. Then his whole cabinet got it. He's a super spreader. Fuck. I was just like, I just want somebody in that wears a mask. I didn't give a fool. Who the fuck it was? Just anybody that will wear a goddamn mask and get on TV and answer, actually answer questions. So I mean, I'm just happy for a change, you know, and I'm happy to. I'm I'm proud. I'm happy for women. I think the Biden Harris uh, ticket is good for women, especially but black women. But women, like they're winning. Like mm-hmm. think about all these years they've never had anybody in office like this. Like that's a a win. I'm happy to see it. I'm happy, man. I'm. And and I mean, look, long time coming. And the fact that it's a black woman, I mean, I'm even happier. But I'm happier for women in general. I just think it's it's dope. She's know? my hall pass. She is. Kamala Harris. Think she'll let you? I'm gonna take a pass. <laughs> she gives she gives me a shot. It's going down. And I'm gonna be respectful. I'm and just call. happy that your hall pass. <laughs> I'm gonna once c- again a sister. You yeah. really like black women. <laughs> oh, what happened to you? I always, Did you fall in a listen, vat of pudding when you was little? Marlon, I ain't had white pussy since white pussy had me. <laughs> uh, I get it. You, you're like, nah. I'm good. I'll leave the, the white pussy for the brothers. Y'all I, take this shit. I barely made it out that shit. Sisters. <laughs> I was a preemie. I barely made it out. I wanted to get out early. <laughs> Nine I, months. I actually didn't I got even go. come out the pussy. I crawled through the ass. I didn't want nothing to do with white pussy. And I even came out feet first. <laughs> it, was like, it was like a slip and slide. <laughs> All right, man. Well, look, man, I appreciate you coming out. I can't wait to see respect for real. And I, I fuck respect. I want to see behind the smile. Behind the smile is great. And it's also. Come on, Damon. Look up um, Apple TV uh, on the rocks right now. See, Marlon, there's yeah. little dramedy, dram- dramatics. I, I got some skills. No, you, I I'm can't also wait. Esquire Magazine. I got a nice spread in Esquire Magazine. I should show you. It is so. You got your, your ass out. No, ass nigga, I keep asking my ass. I'm saying you, you have it. You have a, You do it a lot. I haven't been doing it lately. I'm but trying I'm to saying. go somewhere else with my life. 
remember the first time bringing I saw, me back the first, in. First time I seen your ass, don't be a menace. First God. time, no. Requiem for a Dream is where I went. Oh, he don't give a fuck. That's he's really in this role. Yeah, but don't be a menace. I had my ass out. Scary movie. My ass was. I had my ass. It's I had a my lot. ass out so much. Lisa's like, just do a movie. Just it's just a lot. one time. Lisa knows this ass in and out. Twenty it's years of seeing this ass. Yeah. I've seen it. I, I'm, I'm disappointed when I see a movie. I don't see it. I'm like, you're not gonna see it anymore. It's like it's like watching a porn, and your favorite porn girl, and you're like, oh, she's not sucking any dick. Oh, okay. All right. I just don't. I'm gonna leave it on that note. Yeah, that was a terrible you analogy. You know what? We're gonna weird. edit that out. <laughs> no, I want that. I want that in. That We're has to be that out. You gonna get on the end on sliding out the pussy Shit, teeth it first? It just got hot. No. Fuck. We're gonna end on the. Don't you get hot when the joke ends? Yeah. I'm like this. <laughs> oh my god. I feel like Doug Williams in the Emma Smith roast. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'll have oh, Doug on. So old school. Oh my god. The, be- the best with that Emma Smith roast is calling. Is when he, Jamie goes, "Wow, getting hot in here, isn't it?" And I go, "Oh fuck, I've been there. I've been there when it does get hot in the room and nothing's popping." Conscience popping. is calling. Jamie, your ass with that boy. That was classic. Because you know you've been on both sides of that. Oh, You're yeah. like, you've been struggling in a room like, oh, fuck. Oh, I've learned this. I don't care about bombing anymore. Because I think once you stop caring, you actually become funnier. So silence is golden. And when you get a ooh, I found sometimes when you get a ooh, that your best joke is coming right after that. Just keep working. Because now they're listening. So it's a dark topic. Keep digging. Keep fucking digging. Hit the nerve. Keep going. Keep going. Mm. Got to keep going. Fuck it. And if you if you have the balls, I watched Damon do it. So it's not bombing. Bombing's when you actually give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Don't give a fuck. Don't care. And just be there for exploration. And you don't have to feel like you bomb. You just I'm fucking digging. I'm working. Cause one day I'm gonna find that joke. And I'm not. It may not be tonight. Yeah, we all want to laugh. But if it's not tonight, I'll show you. All right. I'm gonna order a, a hoodie. Why don't you order a collection? Like. 15 bucks. No, I'm just going to get one. All right, that's fine. <laughs> With me and Bizarro, me and Sean on it. Yeah, you got to give me that info. I'm so pumper, pumper line. Get my niece's line, 1321. Bleach. I'm proud of you, Layla. Keep doing it, baby girl. Yeah. Yes. I'm proud right. of you, Abai. I'm proud of you, Sean. I can't be proud of my nieces and nephew without saying I'm proud of my kids because then they'll get jealous and they will turn to crack. Really? We don't want that happening. Because then their asses will be out. Uh, crack is an expensive <laughs> habit. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, it's five bucks a pop, but yeah. you got to do it like 60 times a day. It adds up. All right, guys. Gary, I'm happy to be here. Black Power, Black Panther. Yeah. Did you ever meet Chadwick? God damn it. Sorry we tried that. to leave <laughs> on a good note. What the fuck? Why do you have to be so depressing? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just gonna go jump off a Speaking building. Speaking of, this is Chadwick? crazy. Okay, what about Michael B. Jordan? He's- oh my god! <laughs> Bye, Gary. I'm just All right, go, this, I'm gonna go is, this is the end of the podcast. We're gonna talk about some more. Don't dead do people. this podcast. Right. It's fucking depressing. Thank you guys. Goodbye. Fuck. <laughs>